Time to Talk TV, and I'm joined by Brooks Alexander, our TV critic. Hi, Brooks. Hello, hello. You've been watching The Crown. I have. Is this a new season, or have you just discovered it? Uh, I'm catching up, basically. The the new season is due uh, allegedly before the end of the year, but we'll see how these strikes over in America affect that. Uh, But Netflix is aiming for a late 2023 uh, release date for the final season, uh, season six. I'm starting from the very beginning, Uh uh, and it's amazing. I actually know nothing about the royal family, so it's quite an interesting experience. Two episodes in, I was like, this Prince Philip, that's not going to work out. <laughs> They're going to get divorced. So I do yeah. a little bit of research myself. and Oh, my God. Apparently the marriage went pretty well. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so it's really interesting to go in uh, from that perspective of not knowing much about the royals. And I've heard conflicting reports about how historically accurate it is. You know, some people are like, don't listen to it. Other people are saying it, does, it, it treads the line pretty well. Yeah. But I think as a whole, it's it's quite uh, accurate to history, at least the further back we go. And each season is is, is almost set in, uh, in two parts. Uh, and at the end of every two seasons, they swap the cast out with with older uh, actresses and act- actors, which is a really interesting trick. I've never seen that done before. So no. uh, Queen Elizabeth herself is played by uh, three different actresses over the course of the six yes, seasons. Yes, I heard one of the producers saying that you can you can basically um, change the appearance of an actor to play either 10 years older or 10 years younger, but that's about the range. You know, you can't ask any actor to play 20 or 30 years older. Yeah, exactly. I think Hollywood as well is seemingly obsessed with de-aging their actors at the moment. The new Indiana Jones movie had a CGI Harrison Ford <laughs> who looked like he was about 20, but he also looked like he was made out of silly putty as well. Um, so they haven't quite nailed that technology. So I'd much prefer uh, getting an actually age-appropriate actor in there uh, to play. Claire yeah. Foy and Olivia Coleman. Mm. And is there going to be a third one as well, or have I missed one in the middle there? Uh, there is a third one. I want to say Imelda Stanton, I believe. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and, that, yeah. That's right. So, it's, and each cast is just fantastic. To the, so I'm only up to season two at the moment, yeah. but I'm going to desperately miss uh, the 40s and 50s cast yeah. as we go into the 60s and 70s. And then they get in uh, Elizabeth Debicki to play Diana. Uh, so I'm very interested to see how that plays out as well because I don't know the details. Uh, so it's it's both a fantastically absorbing drama with amazing characters and, and an immaculate attention to detail. Uh, uh, but it's also just really good for informing myself about this this family. And yes, this, it's a fun way to do history. history. A fun hey? way to do history. Yeah, let's go with that. Um, <laughs> and I think that most of the, I mean, you can tell the parts that are speculation, right? When there's behind the closed doors and just two people, and maybe they've imagined the way a conversation might have exactly, gone. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but then I think most of the historical events, or all of the historical events, actually happened. Sometimes maybe they switch the order, the timing around a wee bit to help the narrative out. Yeah, exactly. I guess the macro versus the micro. <laughs> The behind yeah. the doors conversation made up the big big events. Uh, like the, I just watched the episode where a fog completely covers yes. London for a week. And that I've was never fascinating. Heard, I've never heard of that. Never before. heard of that. Yeah, and everybody sort of falling out of favor with Winston Churchill uh, as he sort of rides off his popularity from what he did in World War Two. But yeah. really, everyone sort of sees him as a doddery old fool as yeah. the years go on. Yeah, and also. Um, Princess Margaret, that's an interesting one. Very interesting. Still early days with her, but I'm very interested because, yeah, another uh, pivotal figure I know nothing about. But I believe she's played by Helena Bonham Carter in season three and four, (laughs) which I'm very excited about. That's the Princess Margaret that I remember, yeah. But the the young sort of um, talk of the town, socialite, it's been fascinating. Mm. Great. Well, so you'd recommend it even if people are catching up late. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's all on Netflix. Uh, it's just, it's I believe their most expensive original show. It just mm. looks gorgeous. I love all the detail, 
and there is uh, five seasons currently available to it does. stream. It looks expensive too. It does. <laughs> when you look at those palaces that are built, <laughs> built from scratch. <laughs> um, okay, and you've also been watching What We Do in the Shadows. Yes, I was initially skeptical because, of course, the original film is a Kiwi classic. Mm. Uh, but thankfully, uh, this has the fingerprints of Taika and Jermaine all over it. Uh, and it's almost the product of like three different cultures. It's It comes from Kiwi producers and writers. It stars uh, a murderer's row of British <laughs> uh, character actors who all come from, from decades of amazing British sitcoms. But it's on an American network uh-huh. uh, for American audiences. And uh, what shouldn't work somehow completely does it. Almost the story of these silly vampires living in uh, modern day society lends itself better to a, t- a television format uh, than a movie, mm-hmm. I would say. And the fact that they're, they're five seasons deep at the moment. Five, uh, season five is airing now on Neon, and they're still getting a really interesting material out of it. The last episode, of course, they're vampires, they're immortal, they can fly. Uh, one of the main characters decides to just travel to space, uh, and they explore the, the comedic implications of that. Uh, they, the characters swap bodies, they, uh, they possess dolls, they join pride parades. It just seems like every episode, they're just like, what ridiculous situation uh, can we put our cast through? Uh, and everybody in it is just doing the best work of their lives. And even actually Taika Waititi and Jermaine Clement uh, show up for a few cameos oh, in a few great. episodes. So it really is one of my favorite ongoing comedies at the I moment. I was going to say, it'd be good for the bank balances of those two. People, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I don't suppose Taika has many problems these days. No, but... Taika's doing just fine. But, uh, <laughs> Jermaine could maybe use it. <laughs> uh, what We Do in the Shadows, uh, the American mockumentary TV show. And I haven't come across... Mrs. Davis before. Yes, the deep cut is a deep cut, Jesse. Mm. Uh, it is currently airing on Neon. It just finished up its first and probably only season run a few weeks ago, and I've been, just been recommending it to everyone yeah. because uh, not only is it is uh, is not very well known, but it's also just unlike anything I've ever seen before. Uh, it comes to us from the writer of Lost and Watchmen and uh, The Leftovers, Damon Lindelof, a very mm. interesting, polarizing writer. Uh, but thankfully, because he made Lost, he's kind of been given a sort of blank check to make whatever he wants and this is his newest project uh-huh. uh, doesn't star anybody uh, that I recognize uh, none, none of the people behind the scenes I recognize um, but somehow he was gifted over 100 million dollars to work on this and it's it's really it's, I'm honestly struggling to describe it I, the best way I can say it is it's nuns and AI mm-hmm. warrior nuns and artificial intelligence and the first episode jumps around all these different uh, yeah it's, you're just gonna have it's one of those yeah you just have to, to watch it yourself to find out but it's this weird sci-fi comedy uh, that's either blowing your mind or making you laugh. And especially with these ongoing actors and and writing strikes at the moment, I feel like it's the sort of thing that we'll see less and less uh, these days. Something truly unique, something very writer-driven that was given to someone with clearly lots of creativity. Uh, I think we're just going to see more and more generic, underfunded stuff going forward. So if you're keen to to try something weird, new, and different and to support uh, a true creative, I would recommend Mrs. Davis on Netflix, on, on Neon. There are currently eight episodes and uh, you really just have to, to see it to, to believe it. And finally, Gravity Falls, which is an animated show. Yeah, I'm trying to go back through my catalog of, of things I've been wanting to watch for so long because uh, we're about to go into a, a dry spell of, of content. The last few years, it's just been an overabundance. We've yeah. had too many choices. Now we're going to have basically nothing. We've seen the start of I'm that. I'm all for it. Um, I'm all for it. Me Catch too. Up. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I can finally watch The Sopranos. I can finally watch The Wire. Yeah. Now's my time. So I, I did those in lockdown, by the way. Both oh, of them. Were they amazing? Yeah. Awesome. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think... Um, well, 
people might hate me for this. I feel like The Sopranos may not be as exciting to watch now as it did when it yes, first came out. Yes, it's weird. I've seen a few seasons of it, and it's weird how uh, it just it fights against everything you expect a TV show to be. It's so anticlimactic. Uh, it it's it doesn't get more that it doesn't get more intense every season. The cops don't get closer to catching Tony. Yeah. It really is just a family drama yeah. with very occasional mob stuff. It's a deeply weird show that I do love. Yeah, um, but it's not conventionally no. And- Entertaining or and, satisfying, and the idea of sort of TV as art was pretty pretty new back then. Absolutely. As well. So to have like an entire episode dedicated to a dream sequence, yeah. and all the weird stuff. That, that was the one did, I fast yeah. forwarded through. I was like, nah. <laughs> but <laughs> fair that, enough. But fair I did enough, the same yeah. with the fly episode in uh, Breaking Bad. Ah, you know, they're, okay. not, they're not for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm all for a conceptual swing. Yeah. I guess. You know. <laughs> okay, Gravity Falls. Gravity Falls. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, I am in the. I feel like some people look at cartoons and just think uh, they're all for kids. Mm. But the last few years, we've had stuff like uh, from Archer to Rick and Morty to BoJack Horseman, which has kind of been uh, bridging that gap, and actually animation could be for anyone. And this and Gravity Falls uh, originally aired on, uh, on the Disney Channel in 2012 and made quite a big splash now, and, all, and now uh, all episodes are streaming on uh, Disney+. And uh, at its heart, it is a kid's show. Uh, two kids move to their grandpa's uh, sort of um, hacky uh, mystery lodge in the middle of the woods. It's sort of like a tourist trap. Mm. Uh, and so the whole show is over one long summer vacation as they encounter Bigfoot and cryptids and weird monsters in the woods. Um, But there's just something about the writing and the visuals that just elevate to this next level and I am just as an adult man with a refined sense of humor every episode is making me crack up and I feel like if you were a child watching it you would love it but you just get this whole uh, extra dimension of understanding as an adult and it's just by far the most creative uh, entertaining interesting uh, children's animated show I've ever seen and it's just been the highlight of my day I've been watching one episode a day after work and just a blissful 20 minutes that I would recommend uh, to everyone a huge hit, eh? A huge hit. And uh, it was filled with codes and secret riddles and stuff that Reddit and like other social media sites loved tearing apart. So it just has all these layers to it. You'll notice something in the background and look at online uh-huh. and it takes it. So it's kind of like Twin Peaks like that. It yeah, just likes okay. messing with you. Okay. Twin Peaks for kids. Yeah. We should talk Twin Peaks another time. Thanks, mm. Brooks. Thank you very much. Nice to have you in. Brooks Alexander, our TV reviewer. The one's Gravity Falls. You'll find it on the Disney Channel. Mrs. Davis on Neon. What We Do in the Shadows on Neon. And The Crown on Netflix. Time for our Proud Parents segment. There's nothing us parents like more than bragging about our kids. And Dave Rogan from Whangarei contacted us about his daughter, Catherine, who has travelled the world as an architect and overcome some serious health challenges along the way. David joins us now. Hello there. Hi, Jesse. Yeah, a couple... Uh, a couple, couple name is Rowan. Sorry, it's Celtic. Is, is, oh, how do you say it? Rowan. Rowan. My apologies. Hey, um, nice to have you on the show today. And uh, a few weeks ago, I invited listeners to get in touch if uh, if they had a child they wanted to talk to us about. And you were one of them. Why did you get in touch? Oh, I think my, um, I think Catherine, well, our children had to manage without their mums since they were teenagers. And they're all, um, uh, not as proud. So, uh, but Catherine has, um, has had a pretty adventurous life. Uh, wears me out keeping up with her, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm very proud of her. Yeah. Um, so where do we begin with her? It might be interesting to um, talk a little bit about her health battles along the way. Well, the first battle was the day she was born. Actually, it was uh, in 70, 72. Um, it was the last uh, birth of a, a children that I wasn't at Sally's side. Um, 
But in those days, we were banned, really, and we you know, <laughs> sat in the waiting room and uh, heard our wife screaming down the oh, gosh. corridor, and, and we were smoking furiously, of course. Yeah. Um, but I remember I could remember hearing Sally arguing with the nurse, and the nurse was saying, push, Mrs. Rowan, push, Mrs. Rowan, and um, Sally was saying, no, 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 something wrong, something wrong. And in the end, next, the nurse changed and said, oh, stop, stop pushing me, stop Mrs. Rowan. And it was Catherine had the umbilical cord around oh it, her neck, which um, Sally must have picked up. So thank God they were able to sort that out. Yeah. Um, but uh, in her uh, in her twenties, uh, Catherine uh, suffered uh, was diagnosed with Crohn's, and um, and it was really it's quite you know it just ulcerates the ulcerates the gut, um, and it's very painful. And when she was uh, working in Sydney, uh, she had to undergo surgery for it. Yeah. Um, and they wanted to take out both the large and and small intestine. She was a she was a, in her twenties. She was a single girl and was hoping, of course, to have a life with um, with a husband and, and children. But uh, it was all at a little bit at, uh, at risk, so she negotiated about the chances of keeping the uh, diverting to a colostomy bag uh, temporarily to uh, protect the small intestine because there was a chance that that might heal and negotiated only removing the large intestine and also negotiated the size of the cut that the surgeon was allowed to cut in her tummy um, and uh, and and the pump worked out, so she's um, she's now managing on her lower intestine and has had to have a colostomy bag since that was. Yeah, uh, great. So involved. a good uh, argument for um, being your own advocate in a medical environment. And it didn't sound like it slowed her down much. Uh, she ended up heading off to Africa. Yes, yeah, she was. She, she had a, a fellow graduate of um, Auckland University who was working for a British firm in Dar es Salaam, capital of 